Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, How Could Lot Be a Righteous Man? I am Pastor John, welcoming our international audience, new listeners, returning listeners, and followers. Thank you all for listening. Last week, we posted our year-end update. We spoke about our computer operating system change from Microsoft Windows to Linux, possible weather-related posting delays, and how we will handle them, sound quality resolution, and more. Listen to our episode titled, Update 12-29-2019, to find out how and when we will move away from our primary host, Podomatic, to Pinecast. This week, we will examine the incredible paradox of how sinful Lot could even have been called a righteous man. Just after he was escorted out of Sodom and Gomorrah by angels, his daughters conspire to get him drunk and then engage in incest. How could he not know what his daughters were up to and put a stop to it? At the very least, he could have fully realized his daughters were trying to get him intoxicated and stop them in that act alone. He did not. How could Lot have ever been found a righteous man? Lot, who offered his daughters to the sinful crowd of Sodom, who, later, allowed his daughters to engage in the same sin that caused the annihilation by God of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a righteous man? A man favored of God, as the Old Testament calls such men and women? Lot went up from Zor with his two daughters and settled in the mountains because he was afraid to live in Zor. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. Later, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man anywhere nearby to have sexual relations with us, according to the way of the world. Come, let's make our father drunk with wine so we can have sexual relations with him and preserve our family line through our father. Genesis chapter 19, verses 30 through 32. In this blatantly graphic passage of Scripture, how is it that Lot can be a righteous man? A righteous man of God would never have allowed his daughters to execute such a plan. Notice also how this is a worldly act. Verse 31, the older daughter is speaking to the younger and she says, according to the way of all the world, quote unquote. The daughters of Lot execute this very sinful abomination before God with their own father. Lot does not stop them, making Lot fully complicit in this sinful act. All this after Lot and his family are rescued from God's wrath upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Is this how God should be paid back for his mercy in saving grace? 
I think it is interesting how this depicts our sin even today. It is most always rooted in something of the world, something very familiar to us and our flesh. Yet, it has lasting spiritual consequences by first separating us from God. Fortunately, today, seeking repentance and forgiveness repairs the damage caused by our sinning. Can you see how acts of sin are fully justified in the human mind in any age? At any age? The older daughter fully reasoned and rationalized her sin so that in her mind it was a good act of preservation of the family line. Do we not, in just the same way, rationalize some of our sinful acts today? So they no longer bear any evidence of sin in our own mind, thus making the sinful act not sin? Just because we can justify something in our minds, does not make it justified where our walk with God is concerned. Right behind justification is action, as observed with Lot's daughters. Action follows justification just like your shadow follows you and is equally close. In God's eyes, our sinful rationale is also as thin as the same shadow at our feet. So why is this so important? After all, we are talking about Lot here, right? Yes, we are. And after his rescue from God's wrath. Does this not sound like us, God's own, his saints, his peculiar people, his friends? Really, this is how we show love to our friend, Jesus? In the Gospel of John, in his own words, Jesus calls us friend. It is a fair amount of scripture, but let's read the account of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening while Lot was sitting in the city's gateway. When Lot saw them, he got up and met them and bowed down with his face toward the ground. He said, here, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Stay the night and wash your feet. Then you can be on your way early in the morning. No, they replied. We'll spend the night in the town square. But he urged them persistently, so they turned aside with him and entered his house. He prepared a feast for them, including bread baked without yeast, and they ate. Before they could lie down to sleep, all the men, both young and old, from every part of the city of Sodom, surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to them, shutting the door behind him. He said, No, my brothers, don't act so wickedly. Look, I have two daughters who have never had sexual relations with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do to them whatever you please. Only don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Out of our way, they cried, and this man came to live here as a foreigner, and now he dares to judge us. We'll do more harm to you than to them. 
They kept pressing in on Lot until they were close enough to break down the door. So the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house, and they shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, from the youngest to the oldest, with blindness. The men outside wore themselves out trying to find the door. Then the two visitors said to Lot, Who else do you have here? Do you have any sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or other relatives in the city? Get them out of this place, because we are about to destroy it. The outcry against this place is so great before the Lord that he must send us to destroy it. Then Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were going to marry his daughters. He said, Quick, get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was ridiculing them. At dawn, the angels hurried Lot along, saying, Get going, take your wife and your two daughters, who are here, or else you will be destroyed when the city is judged. When Lot hesitated, the men grabbed his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters, because the Lord had compassion on them. They led them away and placed them outside the city. When they had brought them outside, they said, Run for your lives! Don't look behind you or stop anywhere in the valley! Escape to the mountains or you will be destroyed! But Lot said to them, No, please, Lord, your servant has found favor with you, and you have shown me great kindness by sparing my life. But I am not able to escape to the mountains, because this disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, this town over here is close enough to escape to, and it's just a little one. Let me go there. It's just a little place, isn't it? Then I'll survive. Very well, he replied. I will grant this request too, and will not overthrow the town you mentioned. Run there quickly, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. This incident explains why the town was called Zor. The sun had just risen over the land as Lot reached Zor. Then the Lord rained down sulfur and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. It was sent down from the sky by the Lord. So he overthrew those cities and all that region, including all the inhabitants of the cities and the vegetation that grew from the ground. But Lot's wife looked back longingly and was turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked out toward Sodom and Gomorrah and all the land of that region. As he did so, he saw the smoke rising up from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the region, God honored Abraham's request. He removed Lot from the midst of the destruction when he destroyed the cities Lot had lived in. Genesis chapter 19 verses 1 through 29. There are, at least, a few things we should take away from this passage. We have already seen that we can be saved from God's wrath upon the world, as outlined in Revelation, and still sin. This is found in Lot as we have just seen. He was saved from God's wrath and still sinned. So, in Lot, we can see elements of the modern born-again, even sold out to God, Christian. We, like Lot, have been saved from God's wrath before 
before it is realized in the world we live in, just like Lot. Here is the question we need to answer. How is it that Lot was a righteous man? We can answer more modern questions by answering this question. Notice, years later, what Peter says. For if God did not spare sending angels, but delivered them to chains of darkness, thrust down into Tartarus, having been kept to judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah the eighth, a herald of righteousness, bringing a flood on a world of ungodly ones, and covering the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah with ashes, he condemned them with an overthrow, setting an example to men intending to live ungodly. And he delivered righteous Lot. Did we read that right? Peter just said in verse 7, And he delivered righteous Lot, who had been oppressed by the behavior of the lawless in lustfulness. For that righteous one, speaking of Lot, for that righteous one living among them day after day, in seeing and in hearing his righteous soul was tormented with their lawless deeds. But the Lord knows to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to keep the unjust for a day of judgment being punished, and most of all those going after flesh in the lust of defilement and despising rulership, dares, self-pleasing, they do not tremble at glories, speaking evil, where angels bring greater in strength and power, do not bring against them a reproaching charge before the Lord. From Green's Literal Translation, Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. Notice in verse 8 of Genesis 19 how Lot offered his daughters to the men seeking physical relations with the two men in Lot's house. Look, I have two daughters who have never had sexual relations with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do to them whatever you please. His two daughters were engaged to be married. We see this in verse 14. Then Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were going to marry his daughters. What kind of loving father does such a thing? What kind of righteous man, according to Peter, does such a thing with regard to Lot's daughters? It is after this confrontation and the sinful act later with his two daughters in the cave that we read what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. He, speaking of God, he delivered righteous Lot. So how is it that Lot was a righteous man? Lot was righteous in the same way that you and I are righteous. Lot was not righteous because he acted perfectly in the incident with the two strangers in his house and his daughters. The solution or answer is found in Peter's comments in 2 Peter chapter 2. Lot was troubled by the sin he saw around him day after day, even though 
this is not recorded in Genesis. In modern times now, have we grown complacent and even indifferent to the sin around us because we feel it is a losing battle to overcome it? Have we not already won the battle because Christ has overcome the world? The world that we live in? If, indeed, Christ is all victorious because he has overcome the world, then why do we fight the spiritual battle from a loser's mind? A mind that forgets that our victory in the world and our overcoming it is found in Jesus. We should be troubled with ourselves if we are no longer troubled with the sin we see daily. Dare I say, the evil we also see daily. Lot was not saved by his works, certainly not his bad works, and not by his good works either. It was God's grace and mercy imputed to Lot because of his spiritual obedience to godly things, per how favor with God was acquired in the first dispensation. Even today, the root concept here is not lost. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even we being dead in sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are being saved and raised us up together and seated us together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus that he might show in the coming ages the exceeding great riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, that not any one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God before prepared that we should walk in them. From Green's Literal Translation, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. While unrecorded in larger detail, Lot was righteous because God imputed his saving mercy upon Lot because of the man he saw in Sodom and by honoring Abraham's covenant with God. See Genesis chapter 18 for more detail. God's faithfulness to the Abrahamic covenant was the deciding factor in Lot's rescue. According to Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, God justifies or makes righteous those who have faith in his promises. Similarly, in kind, to us having a mediator who is Christ, a go-between, in Jesus Christ to restore the righteousness to us lost in the curse and fall in the Garden of Eden. This makes us like Lot. He was simultaneously righteous and sinful. With further study, we have a window in Lot of why we are righteous men and women of God, saints, peculiar people, his elect, and yet still sin.
We are no better than Lot, given God does not play favorites. This should also compel us to be more forgiving of our brothers and sisters in their moments of weakness, when they fall to temptation and sin. Next week, we will examine Jacob wrestling with God. Can one expect to win that fight? Is it not a sinful thing to wrestle with God? We answer these questions next week. Play or download next week's episode titled, Wrestling with God, Who Can Win? from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome. God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We greatly appreciate our international audience. This study podcast is presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. All Bible quotes, without a citation, are from the New English Translation Free Version. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of our episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our revised episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. A short link to this episode is also found at the bottom of our episode description. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. May you find God's grace, no matter where you are right now. We would also like to point you to our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us. You will also find direct links to all our podcast hosts under the podcast menu item. We will soon be found on Twitter, thanks to the good folks at Anchor. This will occur in the coming months and no later than spring of 2020. Our direct podcast link at Anchor is anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Also, another milestone. In 2020, we will be making Anchor our primary host. Until then, and in addition to Anchor, we post our present podcast on our primary host at this short link, is.gd forward slash uppercase i k lowercase l uppercase y x lowercase s. We are also found on iTunes, 
Google Podcasts with the Android app or smartphones, Spotify.com, TuneIn.com, Stitcher.com, Breaker.audio, Overcast.fm, with iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch support, Castro.fm, and Pocketcasts.com. Please use the search phrase, Church of the Un- Dash church to find us on these sites. We refresh this feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all associated episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcast.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our backup site is www.podcast.com. Or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Visit the House of Supernatural Encounters to encounter the supernatural God. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. We are located at Stowe Brook, 636 Great Road, number 6, on the corner of Hudson Road, across from the gas station. We are found on the web at www.supernaturalhouse.org. Come, encounter the supernatural God with us. We look forward to meeting you. Stay alert. Stand firm in the faith. Show courage. Be strong. Everything you do should be done in love. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Till next week, this is Brother John for the Church of the Unchurched.